Hey, Gray, you mind if I get some of them hangers, man? I need some wood and hang. Oh, God damn it. They got the. They got the lock on them. <laughs> they got the lock on them. They hip to your boy. All right, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Gundam at MAHQ. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Neo, and uh, joining me always is uh, Solbro. Solbro, say hello. Good evening, everybody. All right. And uh, yes, you're listening to episode 152 of 4chan's favorite podcast, <laughs> Gundam at MAHQ. And uh, in this episode, we're going to have a special guest joining us for our review and thoughts of Volume 7 of Gundam The Origin. Um, so yeah, can't wait for that, huh? Mysterious. Huh, bro? It's, it's very, very mysterious. I know, yes. man. I have no idea who, get, who, who the guest is. <laughs> we, we, we actually really don't know. We're going to find out ourselves when this person calls in. So keep the suspense there. So, uh, Soulbro, anything on the Soulbro front before we uh, go into some Neo's listener submitted news as I'm walking over to the Larry King Memorial News Studio? No, I just want to thank the listeners for all the feedback from the uh, the uh, episode, uh, the live episode that we did, uh, episode 150. It was great to have everybody come out and be a part of what that. What feedback and is this you're talking about? I would say positive. A lot of people were uh, well, happy no, to be a part was, of it. Where was this feedback? Oh, my, uh, my apologies. Uh, a lot of it was that... <laughs> A lot of it was at uh, the Facebook group for Gundam. Oh. That's uh, facebook.com slash group slash MAHQ1. For those who are on Facebook but did not know there's an MAHQ Facebook group, you now know, and you can definitely check that out. A lot of people uh, had good things to say about that on that page, as well as during EX versus the Gundam Nation. And uh, on Twitter, um, I really appreciate you guys uh, feeding back. And, and episode 151, it seems to be a hit, too. So uh, thank you guys for listening to that, too. And uh, back to you, Neil. Where, where's, the, where's, the, where's the hate thread? Oh, Responding hate threads Aww. from Fortran on that now. Hey man, I, I just I, I hey, you, hey. You, you graduated from the black one uh. to the soul bro, so. <laughs> 4chan is 4chan. Uh, They're not as racist as they appear, are they? <laughs> you, you can't you can't win them all. So yes, uh, we'll be uh, looking at uh, going through extensively through Volume Seven of Gundam: The Origin, mm-hmm. uh, available through uh, Vertical. I, I can't wait to have them all on my shelf, man. There you go. So uh, all right, well I'm 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 positioned in the news reading position. Oh, the Larry King Memorial News Studio. <laughs> you are the king. You are the king. And it's about time to do some Neo's listener submitted news. And always, if you have any news articles, uh, you can always go to the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum and uh, post in the Neo's listener submitted news articles thread. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we got some a lot of stuff here today, uh, especially with some just normal news. So uh, the first one here actually comes from Wielder. And it's been released through the Anime News Network that uh, Gundam UC 0094 Across the Skies manga uh, Stage 1 has ended. So uh, oh. I guess uh, the, the final chapter of Stage 1 of uh, Gundam Mobile Suit Gundam UC 0094 has ended. And the next stage will start on October 26th, so later on this month. 
and it's going to be in the following issue of uh, the monthly Gundam Ace magazine. So, Man. anyone that's been checking that out, so so many, there so you many, go. so many mangas for Gundam in Japan. Man, damn, we need to get more of these. But uh, I'm not getting my hopes up. But <laughs> maybe Wimmy will come across it some way, somehow in the future. But uh, I, it sounds interesting, at least. Uh, could be shit. Never know. Oh, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as, as as many good uh, Gundam mangas there are, there's a lot crossbone uh, that oh. just are not very good. So, <laughs> damn it. Well, I mean, come on. You can't you can't be a revisionist or just look at only the good stuff. So, True. well, fingers crossed. Th- yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mister Wheel, there for your submission. Ooh, the next one here comes from M. 121 Akuma Mm -hmm. and there's a new trailer for uh, the superhero generation it's uh, been released and it's showcasing the cross franchise fights including the F91 facing off with Kamen Rider's famous enemy the squid devil oh yeah so that's definitely he's got a link here to the uh, uh, to the trailer so definitely check that out some cool stuff it's always cool to have um these cross franchise things going on mm-hmm. always good stuff so thank you mr m121 akuma for your submission oh the next one here comes from ea net dude oh this is good and this is coming at the perfect time the perfect grade unicorn gundam model kit that's coming uh in december it's going to be fully transformable it's going to go from the unicorn to destroy mode um and this is a perfect grade so this is going to be bigger than the master grades that for a couple years ago which were madly popular especially mm-hmm. that white one i think they sold i know they sold over a million i never i can't i can't remember what the final tally was but i know they sold a ton of those um and i guess uh the psych the psychom frame parts will be uv reactive and they've acted uh, added some bonus led uh lights to it and this is he's got the link to tomo pop the picture is not very good because it's just a picture of the box mm-hmm. and you can almost see the flashes <laughs> somebody's <laughs> Flash uh, flash bulbs that went oh, on the yeah. box. <laughs> Look at that. But it, lo- it looks it looks pretty uh, it looks pretty cool. So um, it, it says here it's actually cheaper than the O riser, <laughs> and it's the first completely new uh, perfect grade since the O riser, which was about four years ago. So, and I guess uh, this is going to cost about twenty one thousand six hundred yen, and the additional LED package is going to cost an, another twelve thousand yen. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely some pretty cool stuff there. So it looks great, man. Shoot, man, that's going to be a joy for anybody who's got uh, modeling skills to uh, to put that sucker together. So, Sobro, uh, you get that for Christmas mm-hmm. and then have those young Asian boys build it for you? Oh, boy. Is that... Is that... <laughs> so, let out the work. Because <laughs> I can't seem to do it myself. No, I... Uh, <laughs> if anything, well, I... Well, that, that, that is your... That is your M.O., right? Buy it and then... <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, I I you know I I would love I just I am not I I'm I can barely put puzzles together <laughs> like like really complicated ones me putting together one of these models you also have to have a fine eye for detail to really get the most out of your perfect grade I mean some people just put them together and don't even bother detailing them or put the decals on but uh, I wouldn't want to get one of those unless I was able to go the entire way with it so um if anything I would uh, I'd buy one. And then I would probably have a friend put it, put together the perfect grade that uh, is much better with model building because they just enjoy building models. So um, you know they would put it together, and then I'd, I'd I'd stage it beautifully in my home and, and give that person the credit. Man, I never take credit for when people put my stuff together. So <laughs> <laughs> that would be wrong. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you, Mr. EA Net Dude, for that. And EA Net Dude comes back with another one here. And I, you're going to have to kind of school me on this, Solbro, because I've, I've seen this before and I just never really understood it. But maybe you can shed some light on this. He says, um, murder prime actor Peter Cullen inducted into Hollywood Walk of Fame. What's all this murder prime stuff about? Is this because he was kind of a dick and he killed robots in the last couple of movies? Uh, mur- oh, you must have meant murderer prime. <laughs> Murderer Prime, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Uh, praises his bayness. It's uh, Murder Prime, yeah. Uh, uh, hopes he returns. No, it's not that. It's not that app. It's, oh, oh, it's, is that one? That's there's what? another one, but I'm, oh, I'm just uh, talking about the the Murder Prime thing. What is that all about? I, I, is that because he's murdering all these robots in the uh, the last couple of um. And Optimus Prime would never kill anybody, even though he's killed other robots and some other it incarnations. Could, it could be some kind of joke online where people talk about Prime from the from the from the Bay movies now as being a murderer of humans because uh, he does kill a human or a, a few humans. I'm not sure if he kills more than uh, than a one particular character in Age of Extinction, but it is notable for that. <laughs> Oh, the movie so it's because of that. Yeah, okay. so that's that, fine. That could be. I, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember in the third movie. I know people were pissed because he would, you know, Prime was basically fed up and he just started murking uh, Decepticons left and right. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I, I remember that. I just didn't know if that was. Okay, cool. Whatever. Well, back to <laughs> M- Mr. EA Netdude's submission here. Uh-huh. He, he has a correction. I guess it was, It looked like he Peter Cullen was going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame, but it really wasn't. It was kind of a mock ceremony that was paid by uh, the corporate sponsors, and it was to help market age, the release of Age of Extinction of All Childhoods Blu-ray and DVD release. So, yeah. Oh, wow. You, you kind of think, why wouldn't he be in there? Because, my God, he's how many... Crap, how much crap is he voiced? I mean, Peter <laughs> Cullen's done all, and he's so he's so kind of uh, recognizable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, his voice is iconic, and he does a lot more voices than just Prime. He does the voice of uh, Eeyore uh, in Disney's for her incarnation of. Uh, uh, he's been doing oh, really? he's been doing Eeyore's voice in Winnie the Pooh for quite some time, ever since the Saturday morning cartoons from um, from the last uh, last century. But um, yeah, at least he got his hands in the uh, the cement at uh, at the Chinese theater. Um, that's, that's that I would say is a pretty big deal too. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if anything, it was cool to see him. I saw an interview on uh, Schmo's Nose uh, Plus channel on YouTube. A uh, young dude by the name of Josh McCuka sat down with him and asked him all sorts of uh, uh, all sorts of uh, Transformers related questions, and he was just tickled I'll pink to like be there. To be Optimus Prime. No, no, he's he's actually more of a bro, if anything. Uh, Josh jo- Josh McCuka is more of a bro, if anything. Uh, so, uh, but he, but he, he grew up with Transformers, so he's asking them all these. He's geeking out just being in the presence of uh, Peter Cullen, and Cullen's just he's pleased as punch to just be honored like that. So, <laughs> I was just glad to see Cullen get some due. I hold Cullen up there in the same standard as say uh, other voice actors like uh, Coy Burton and the legend himself, Frank Welker. So I, I'm, I'm just glad to see that he was able to work make a career out of being Optimus Prime and that it led to these movies and that Bay fought for him to be the voice of Optimus Prime knowing that the fans would love that and the fact that he got to do it even if I have not enjoyed all the movies I've always enjoyed him in it so shout out to Peter Cullen there's been so many Transformers cartoons so <laughs> it's, it's 
easy to have a career as Optimus. Prime. He he, had, he wasn't doing the voice for a long time. That's the big thing, though. I know, I know. Yeah, I don't think he did it in Armada and stuff like that. And he didn't do it in like any of the any of the anime ones. He didn't even do his voice in animated. He his big return to the role in animation was Transformers Prime. Like before that, for almost yeah. over a decade, he was not doing Prime's voice. I think he only did Prime's voice in animation in the original Generation One series, the games that have come out recently, and of course Prime. So other and, and of course the movies and that's pretty much it yeah so thank you mr ea netu for your submission oh this next one here comes from i think a new poster exia zero oh that's cool. interesting exia nice. zero yes and he says here that uh gundam g and reconquista has been licensed to the uk and its penal colony of australia for streaming <laughs> and eventual home release well i mean australia is the penal colony of the uk Right? Mm-hmm. Historically. Historically. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you make it sound like it's still going. <laughs> well, no. I mean, historically, it's, it was the penal colony of the, U- the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Home of the drop bears. Home of drop bears, yes. Does not say anything about uh, drop bears in oh, here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it says uh, a UK company, anime company, called All the Anime has gone and uh, licensed G- uh, Gundam G uh, for stream and possible home release. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I guess they have an on- a video on demand. You can do rentals. Yeah, this guy must be. He must be from the UK for seventy nine p or <laughs> or one point four nine pounds. So yeah, he must. <laughs> you say, say it's seventy nine p. This guy's from the. He's from the from Great Britain there. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so I guess that's great for uh, all those people. Um, and it looks like uh, Mad Men for Australia has the streaming rights. Um, yeah. That for might the home video rights. That might be one of the reasons why we haven't had it come out here in the states yet. Is because they're trying to monetize it over here and trying to find an outlet that's willing to help to monetize it like it's being monetized in the uk and australia i don't i i mean that's that's just my assumption but um it makes me wonder why we're getting uh another season of build fighters um for free on the gundam info channel youtube and this one's being offered to the japanese on gundam.info uh for the japanese and people um elsewhere to watch and we're, we're not able to get it yeah but it, our model here though is subscription service yeah, yeah so i i it wouldn't surprise me if it ends up on subscription sir that's our model is not the is not the a la carte pricing like itunes mm-hmm. but more of the um subscription service because uh crunchyroll you need a subscription for that i believe right that's right and, and, then, uh, and then hulu plus and then of course netflix amazon prime i mean basically if you're a prime member you get it but you're still paying for it that's true because you have to pay for uh prime membership so i think maybe that's the issue I don't know. Yeah, that makes. I mean, for God, it, for God's sakes, if if Netflix is putting Knights of Sedonia on as their as their Netflix original anime, why the hell wouldn't you put uh, a Gundam? Um, you know, I'm I'm actually very surprised that the Gundam uh, shows are not on one of the subscription services. But I think that most likely the reason would be Japan. They're probably asking a, <laughs> they're probably asking a real pretty penny for that stuff. Probably King's ransom of sorts, man. Damn, I guess. Uh, so. I guess the struggle continues. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, um, yes. So, thank you, Mr. Exia Zero, for your submission. Mm-hmm. Oh, the next one here comes from from Rodimus76. And mm-hmm. uh, he's got a link to the Gundam Guy blog. And there's some new screenshots of Gundam Build Fighters Try, which ironically premieres this week that we're recording. So oh, yeah. by the time you hear this, the screenshots won't matter because you'll have actual video. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Who knew? why are we even bothering with this? I don't know. I, it, it benefited somebody at the time. So <laughs> there's at least that. So thank you, uh, Mr. Rodimus76 for your submission. And actually Rodimus76 has got our next submission here, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put this in a subset of the chat news. This is about the, the original <laughs> captain, the original captain of Star Trek, original Captain Kirk, mm-hmm. Shatner, William Shatner. And I guess there's a rumor stating that, my God, this is, I don't know why you wouldn't do this. I don't know why he wasn't in the first one, but there's a rumor floating around that the, I guess the director of uh, the new Star Trek movie, mm-hmm. uh, he wants uh, the Shat in there. And... Um, I guess they're saying. I guess he's saying now that uh, Shatner's saying that he is coming back in Star Trek Three. Not only would Shatner be in the movie, but I guess he has a meeting with uh, current Captain Kirk, Chris Pine. Oh yeah. So, so and I guess they're going to be doing. It sounds like Zachary Quinto and Leonard Nimoy will be in there too. So what? What, what is this? Is this going to be uh, Star Trek: The Final Frontier ripoff, <laughs> or we gotta we gotta go uh, Star Trek FA? Uh, uh, FAQ facts or something? Well, <laughs> Game I just, facts, I just, Star Trek facts. <laughs> I just want to. How did you? How did you defeat this Klingon that's always quoting Shakespeare in space in a in a in a cloak ship that keep, that can fire without having to disengage the cloak? Hmm. <laughs> this is how we did it. <laughs> I, I wonder how they're gonna pull it off, man. Um, because oh I, I, they've, my God, they've created a new timeline with the with the movies, so it oh, is possible. It's possible for Kirk to be old and gray at the end of that timeline instead of dying in generations which he did so well that um, that is true that, yeah that, i mean i mean did not exactly have the most appropriate ending uh, <laughs> i mean he was cool with it at the time but in retrospect he regretted it because you know he's been wanting to play around in, in future trek movies but i'm interested i i am a, i'm already a little and down I mean, my god, and my god the way that they killed kirk in that movie i mean yes, for very unceremoniously uh, yeah, yeah i mean come on <laughs> <laughs> Holy God! Yeah, I mean this, this. I mean, really. I mean, without him, I mean, without the triumvirate of him, uh, Spock and McCoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that show doesn't work. I mean, that that's that's just how it is. And you know, they never showed McCoy dying on screen. I mean, they gave. I mean, my God, Spock's death was so. You know, that was appropriate. He saved the damn ship. Mm-hmm. You know, and. and <laughs> Kirk, was it Kirk fell off some rocks or something like that? I can't even remember. <laughs> he thought he's on a bridge with uh, the villain, and then the bridge was like way up and suspended, and eventually it, it collapsed. It collapsed yeah. and fell, and he got kind of crushed. Only <laughs> not only from the weight of the fall, but from the the wreckage of the bridge. Kind of, kind of did him in. So uh, that is how Kirk went out. I mean, he saved. The, he helped to save the day, but you wanted but, to go out in a blaze of glory, not yeah. not not due to the new. Newton's law of gravity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you would hope whatever. that he would go out a little bit better than that. So, I, you know, I, 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 it, it is it, it's what it is. But uh, I'm looking to see how this is. I'm a little down on the production of the movie because uh, it's being directed by uh, Orsi, but they just got themselves a kick-ass cinematographer, the guy who did the cinematography f- with uh, from from Tron. So, and from some other uh, notable movies that have been done digitally, and they're filming the movie digitally. So, I'm hoping it's going to be good. I, I, I'll hold my hold my judgment until I see it, but I got my fingers crossed. Well, anything's a uh, 
uh, upgrade. Well, I wouldn't say anything, but I mean, anything halfway competent would be an upgrade from Into Dumbness. Oh, damn. <laughs> the single, just most. <laughs> <laughs> what a piece. Oh, man. But thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for that uh, chat news. Yes, mm-hmm. chat news. We, we'll, we'll always take some chat news. Always, always. Yeah, because unlike Chaos Theater, who hates the chat, we like Ooh, the chat. Ouch. Ouch. Well, they do. I, I think 50%. 50, 50, 50%. 50%. I don't think. Which, the, is, uh, which is almost the majority. Considerably, the other 50% is all right with the chat, but one particular person on mm-hmm. the show is not. He says bad things about the chat. Oh. You know, he's entitled to his opinion. <laughs> yes, but you have to base your opinion somewhat in fact. I was going to say he's entitled to his opinion, but he's wrong. <laughs> What can you do, man? You did your best. You tried. You tried. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for that. And uh, the last of the normal news is uh, – normal news. Uh, that's kind of an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from Yokozuna Bulldozer. And this is kind of sad because it looks like uh, the, the voice actor that was the Team Nemesis chairman from Gundam Bill Fighters has passed away. Oh. Uh, yeah, voice actor Emisi Kamiyu passed away. And he's, uh, man, this guy's done a lot of roles. He was, uh, Pragus in the Dragon Ball movie, movie eight, Dragon Ball Z movie eight, the legendary Super Saiyan. He yeah. was, uh, Kao Kurotawa and Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Uh, let's, oh my God, he was, oh. uh, the Free Planets Alliance chairman, Joan Robolo in the Legend of Galactic Heroes. Yeah. He was James Black in Detective Conan. Mm hmm. Uh, he was somebody in Razafan Boo. He's uh, Cobra and a Fury in One Piece. Man, they have uh, the worst luck. Because I'm reading, I'm reading here also that he was the voice of Slayer in the Guilty Gear franchise. That's that yeah. that franchise has had the worst luck because they've lost, I believe, several voice actors. Yeah, yeah um, one of the characters got immortalized basically because a, a character died. His name was uh, Eddie, uh, not Eddie, but uh, his name was uh, he had a weird name. Um, but then Eddie was the name of his kind of his uh, his shadow yeah, beast, that, and they yeah, they, they switched it. I'm yeah. just just speaking to the audience, but um, they uh, they they did something special for that character because his voice actor died, and now. Slayer's in the new Get Gear game, which is getting ready to come out on consoles in, de- in December. Slayer's one of the characters that got put in the game, and he must have did his voice in the game, and now the- this gentleman just passed ah, was, away. So it's like, he's wow. also Magneto in the X-Men film. What? God That's pretty dang, cool, too. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's always Ian McKellen. But this guy, but this guy was 80 years old, so yeah. he had a good life. And you look at the picture of him, man, he doesn't even look 80. Nah, man, he held up pretty well. <laughs> he looks like he's 60. <laughs> um, unless I mean, unless his picture's dated, but uh, you know, uh, if it's not. <laughs> uh, he's definitely an older man, but he looks pretty good. Yeah, he was he was so awesome that's... as the chairman, man. I, I, I'm sad yeah. to hear that. I mean, Team Grant. Nemesis, yeah. And I expected to see the chairman in this season of Build Fighters. I wonder if uh, if they'll bring that character back or they'll just they'll retire him and bring in some kind of new nemesis. I guess we'll see. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Never know. Well, may he so rest in peace, you. man. Thank you, uh, Mr. Yokozuna Bulldozer, for that sad, sad news. Mm-hmm. And now for even more sad news, because we're going... I hit it, Soul Bro. It's... Why is Neo so robophobic? Oh, robo-apocalypse news. Yay. <laughs> no, not yay. 
Because this first one comes from Silver August, and and this is how they're going to do it. This mm-hmm. is coming from EngageGadget.com, and there's a cheerleader robot that moves around on balls and does it in a, a J-pop unison. So, yes, as <laughs> robots now, once the robot apocalypse happens, they're going to be playing some J-pop as they're ripping off your face doing a dance number. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what's yeah. up. That, yeah. That's how and I always it, figured I would go out. Oh, and, and, and guess and, and guess what? And guess what country this is uh, being tested in? Oh, Take man. a guess. Yo, uh, 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 Puerto Rico? Uh, so no. That's, that's, not, that's not, not even a country. That's not a country. <laughs> Commonwealth of the United States. I, I just put myself on blast. Yes. 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 Way to go. Indeed. Oh, Mexico? Japan. <laughs> oh, Japan. Oh, Japan, bloody the damn. <laughs> Imagine that, huh? Who knew? <laughs> they just want to usher the end, man. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> When Skynet takes over. They'll mm. be they'll be the first ones calling. Hey, uh, help here. <laughs> Fun times. Look at this thing, uh, Murata cheerleaders debut. Wow, this yeah. thing, this thing looks adorable, man. It looks, it looks like, adorable enough to kill you. Oh my gosh, I, I am waiting. I'm waiting with bated breath for death <laughs> by the Murata cheerleaders. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Silver August, for your submission. Ooh, this is the first one from Evil Australian Vent Noir, the most evil of all of the Australians. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. But I think he is a, uh, a platinum-level drop air hunter. Oh, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> he has the platinum trophy for drop air kills. <laughs> <laughs> so absurd. <laughs> and he's, he's got a link here to io9, and they're talking that drone manufacturers are pinning their hopes on Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Oh, it's because they're talking about using uh, drones in such films as uh, Skyfall and Iron Man 3. And oh, yeah. Kind of makes sense. I mean, it, I, I could see drones really being a cool thing for filming, mm-hmm. and it would definitely save, you know, probably the insurance cost of putting these poor guys up on those 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 cranes and stuff. So, I mean, it is, it is pretty cool, not, but not only that, um, they have to hire helicopter pilots sometimes to, yeah. uh, to get the, get dangerous shots. to do that stuff. And, you know, instead of having to, to rent a helicopter and get that done, you got a, dr- yeah. you got a, you got a, a drone that can go up in the air and you can precisely move it to get the shot that you want. So that now, makes perfect sense. Now, the only thing is, is helicopters don't get, won't get taken over by AI and then, uh, kill you. Uh, <laughs> they usually have pilot error. <laughs> so that's still the thing that we have here with the uh, but it's kind of I see that being that is probably a, a huge thing if I if I was a head of a drone company I definitely would be go, uh, pitching it to Hollywood because that that would make a, a lot of sense yeah that in probably like local news you know you imagine uh, doing the traffic reports that's over true the freeway that's yeah. exactly right they can use drones instead of oh, helicopter policy about to get put out of work man that's like well not all of them but the <laughs> oh believe me there's there's plenty for uh helicopter pilots to do out that's there. true those are the hardest air well some of the hardest aircraft to pilot so they'll be all right but, <laughs> but yeah they're unstable they're aerodynamically unstable absolutely they have to deal with a lot of elements and i would never want to i never i would never want even want to learn how to pilot one of those because i'm sure to crash <laughs> You wouldn't want to be TC from Magna PI. Oh man! Now you have to bring up TC, man. TC was the man. He was the man, right? That guy was the that, shit. That, that, that was one of those old '80s syndicated things. I used to. They, that used to be on the syndication all the time. I used to love that. Guy was awesome, man. Magnum's Magnum's mustache, and he drove a Ferrari, and then he had TC who flew helicopters mm-hmm. or 
I mean, they, yeah, they had a cool life, man. Yeah, that, <laughs> they lived that, the life, man. Hawaii. TC son. was TC was the man. Yeah, he was smooth, man. He, he freaking got the yeah. got the job done. Piloted Magnum out of tight spots, man. It's good shit. He was like the Lando Calrissian <laughs> of the Magna PI universe. Always gotta have the. You always gotta have the magical black. <laughs> <laughs> the magical black. Uh. <laughs> TC was it, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good at disturbing robot apocalypse news. He's got a link here to the Gink Tyrant. And this is disturbing on so many levels. But the first one is uh, the Terminator Genesis. It's going to tell a love story. Oh, Yay. wow. Yeah, Seriously? it's going to include, it says here, it's going to action and robot killing machines traveling back in time to assassinate people. But it's going to also have a deep love story. Yay. Can't wait for that. So. Wow. I, I'm, I'm kind of. Uh... I I mean yeah, it, it has to do with to look I'm trying to look to see what they're they're doing. Well you got uh, you got uh, the mo- you got the mother of dragons playing uh Sarah Connor and it's refocusing on her character as as well as uh Kyle Reese. So that might be the love story that is uh in there. Yeah, they're, they're kind saying of retelling here the, the original story, but it's like a, another splinter in time. They're saying here in this article the core of James Cameron's original film we saw was a love story about Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese. Mm-hmm. Um I saw that as like a few scenes. The rest was a murderous robot coming from the future to kill a guy that came to the future to help save the leader of the robot rebel or the uh, human resistance to help ensure he doesn't get killed. Yeah, that's what I saw. I did, I mean, yeah, Sarah Connor made it with Kyle Reese, and then you had that whole paradox. Uh, was that the grandfather paradox or something? One of those paradoxes where it's like he's from the future, but he caused this guy to be his son and that's it's a whole it's a whole th- i think it's the grandfather thing I'm, i don't know i'm not sure i mean he, uh, kyle reese ended up being his dad um he's by, dad, by way of a, par- a time paradox yeah and uh, yeah i figured what they call crazy, it crazy crazy thing yeah it's so it's pretty nuts but um i mean there's 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 uh potential to be mined from that and they do want to get the women to come see the no movie terminator and- should be all about how a ragtag group of hero hero humans Rise up against the 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 strong arm Armageddon caused <laughs> by the by the evil robots. It's, That's how it is, and how yes, they're perfect killing machines because they have all these cool systems and stuff like that. But the humans, with their ingenuity and their desire for freedom, mm-hmm. have banded together to take out the ro- the uh, robot menace. And destroy the robot overlords. Well, That's what it's all about. That was great when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a main draw, but uh, now they have to. Uh, now he's not a main draw anymore. Just look at the last couple of movies he's put out. Yeah, but you don't. You don't need him anymore. Boy, he's I in mean, it. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. You don't need him anymore. Grandpa Terminator. So. Man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time I see him on set, it's like, dude, I I I, I do want to see him come back to his heyday, but it's like the, I just don't. I didn't know. think the T eight hundred. I thought he wasn't supposed to age. I don't know the T eight hundred was ready to collect social security <laughs> and join AARP, man. Yo, god dang. Um, I, I I'm curious to see how this movie turns out. I, I'm glad to hear that J.K. Simmons is in it, and he's been talking a whole lot about the movie. I think the part of the part of the story comes from uh, people asking him about it since he's been uh, he's just wrapped up filming on it just recently, but. Yeah, um, it's 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 got my interest. I'll, I'll go see it when it comes out. Uh, I went to go see part four, and that was terrible. But uh, this one, I've seen a lot of screenshots for it, and I know a little bit about the story. So it, it, it's oh, well, you always got about screenshots. Yeah. 
that's always going to dictate how well that movie is. I, 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 it's, it's, it's piqued my interest. I, I, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm hoping it's good. It can't be any worse than... Uh, I hope, uh, hope uh, What's-Her-Face doesn't fall back in the character. Where, give me back my dragons. I mean, give me back Kyle Reese. <laughs> I guess we'll see. I oh. think it, she'll be using her American accent. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard that. I don't think I've ever heard well, of she, I mean, yeah, she has one, I'm certain. I'm, I'm sure they. Well, all British people do. Oh, of course, man. They My got God, that pocket they, American. They all, they all sound better than we do. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, and they're always. They're always you know, that whole thing when you finally find out somebody's like English and you're like, wait, wait, what the hell? Like, you thought this dude wasn't. And you're like, what? So, yeah. Thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for this for your submission. Oh, and the last one here comes from Event Noir, and this is an awfully titled article coming from io9. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can answer for everyone. The title being, Are We Overthinking the Dangers of Artificial Intelligence? My quick answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just a, this is a robo-collaborators thing about how you know we shouldn't be vigilant about it because yes, there has been some talk and it's been proven mathematically that there, it may not actually happen, but I don't think it's always a risk that we shouldn't we should always take in consideration. And I think when we get complacent about things like this, then uh, this is when these things do creep up. Mm-hmm. And don't ever underestimate people's desires to make money. So there always could be ways that they could put stuff in there. And my God, we don't even need uh, we don't even need artificial intelligence to screw up anything. The most my my next danger my next danger now is the thing with self driving cars oh. and the fact that there's no. These companies can't even keep your freaking credit card data safe. They're actually going to keep hackers from hacking into my car and having me uh, go off a freeway overpass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my God. that's my next crusade. But yes, we are not overthinking the things of artificial intelligence. We should always be cognizant of it because if we are not, these simple little things like this will kill us. And yes, I do not want to die with a robot ripping my face off. <laughs> I know Robo Lizard does. <laughs> I, you know, the, the thing is, is when the, when the when the apocalypse happens, mm-hmm. Robo Lizard's gonna be the guy that's gonna be calling, saying, "Hey, man, uh, help me!" Uh, <laughs> the robots are at my front door and they're ready to rip my face off. You're like, <laughs> I don't think so. Hey, I thought you always wanted this. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I thought you wanted the robots running everything. There you go. Well, it wasn't exactly what I thought. Christmas so. come early. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, you know what time it is. Oh, it's that time? Yo, let's do it. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh, my God, that's bullshit. What the? F- oh, and when we have one amazing article, and it comes from EA Net, dude. And yes, this is one amazing survey news article. And, you know, Peter Cullen, a.k.a. Murder Prime, that uh, we we had talked about earlier. Murder Prime. Yes. (laughs) Jesus. I guess uh, this is coming from Cinema Blend. So Mm -hmm. you know that. That's all about the movies. I'm sure you read this, what, four or five times a day, Silbro? I check out out my sites. That's one of them, I I would say. Yes, yes. Cinema Blend does good work. Yes. Well, it looks here that uh, uh, at a press conference in Vegas, Peter Cullen was asked 
uh, to talk about the fact of Sir Bay was saying that he's going to leave the series. And uh, this is uh, this is what Peter Cullen uh, had said. He says, quote, I have a great deal of respect for him. He generates a great deal of excitement and energy. He's really a hands-on director. My son is a stuntman and worked in Chicago doing a lot of the driving sequences. Ooh. He said that he's very, very diligent hands-on guy. He creates a great deal of energy and puts everybody on their toes. I would certainly miss him. I think he's brilliant. His mind is unbelievable. Four just came out. Michael Bay said he's going to step away from the franchise. Do you, Who would you like to see kind of step in and, and direct or take helm of the next Transformers? I, I really don't have my head on that because... Um I've never worked with, uh, you know, big directors before like that. Right. Michael Bay was the first, and he was certainly great at it. He, it, uh, he's a very energetic and demanding uh, director. But um, I wouldn't know uh, what to think, and I certainly don't know if that's the case. So um, I wouldn't know where to go with that. I yeah. don't know. Didn't mean to put you on the spot like that. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Do you think Rodimus Prime would come in to uh, the... Uh... I don't know. That I don't know either. <laughs> You're really hammering. <laughs> wow, man. I mean, th- those are amazing things to say about Sir Bay, and I-, I think that everybody needs to realize that everything that he says here is true. Man. It's all based in fact. I see this. Uh, he also says, Michael, if you're reading this, I certainly hope you are coming back. Y- yes, he does. Wow, yes. man. Damn. Yes. Right. Yo, and, yo. He, and, he, and he goes on to say, it would be very difficult for me to express any any of the future of Transformers, but I certainly, uh, certainly excitement that's generated where it could possibly go up to anybody to figure out. I don't have access to any information because he was he was asked about the immediate future of the series and, and things like that. So, um, yes, yes. Once again, you know, what matters is the people that Survey works with. Yeah. Oh, you notice this? Like all the people that work with him on these movies are like, <laughs> yeah, he could be a little he could be a little intense, but he's a great guy to work with. Mm-hmm. So and I hope everybody does have their copies of their Transformers Age of Extinction Blu-rays. I'm I got sure, mine. I'm sure all the listeners went out and grabbed it. <laughs> Should. Why wouldn't you? Oh, you know they all did. Hey, they'll hey, say they didn't. And hey. the, the, half of them will say they won't. And oh, he sucks, and I'm glad he's gone. They they all got it first it's, day. It's on the shelf of shame. Is that what you said? <laughs> no. You have to remember, it's cool now. The cool thing is to hate on Survey. Oh, it, it, what, it is in vogue, makes, that's for sure. Yeah, that's what makes you cool on the internets. On the interwebs. <laughs> So thank you, Mr. EA Netdu, for your submission. Thank you, Peter Cullen, for your candidness. And thank you, Sir Bay, for everything that you've given the world and us. And continue on. We, uh, all of us at Gundam, we want to see you continue on making amazing movies like you will. We, we always know this, these things. So, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so concludes the Sir Bay News Alert. And so concludes Neo's Listener Submitted News. And if you ever have an article, you can always go to the Neo's Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mechatalk Forum. And Solbro, um, anything before we go to our first topic with our mystery guest? Because I'm still wondering... It's almost time to do this, and we still haven't heard from this person. Oh my gosh, I know. I, 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 I wanted to see who's the man behind the mask. We, I guess we'll find out. Uh, well, we don't even know if it's a man. It could be a woman. It could be. It could be. We don't even know. I got we ahead of myself. Know. I got ahead of myself. Yes. I'm sorry, guys. That's because you're very sexist and misogynistic. So, uh, I know. That's I'm, why. I'm a terrible person. So, I, yes. do, I do want to uh, mention one thing uh, before Ooh, we take a mention break. That. There's a new uh, fan talk series that just started um, for some of our listeners, so Gundam and HQ. 
have come together to uh, form a show called Mech Talks. Um, it's a new uh, fan uh, fan chat series uh, where it's hosted by Robo Lizard two 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 we mentioned earlier oh. and uh, Matthew Kyle. One it's of the- pro- is this an actual fan site or is this a uh, a, a, co- a covert uh, Robo collaborator site? A little bit of column A and column B, but there's a funny story about that actually. They went ahead and recorded the first episode, and their main intention was to talk about the robot apocalypse and you being uh, a, a, a stalwart defender of the tomes. And mm-hmm. uh, what happened was that portion of the conversation got lost. It, oh, got, yeah. it got ate up. <laughs> so- <laughs> now, now are they all thinking, hmm. Uh, they, 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 they actually say at the beginning of the episode, they think it was Neo and his band of freedom fighters that, that caused that to no, happen. No, it, 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 it was not me. <laughs> But no, it's the, not me. The first episode of Meg Talks is available right Maybe. now. Uh, it's available right now on the main awesome. gun on, <laughs> on the main Gundam feed. You can also get it over at Gundam.net. Um, all the episodes when they do release are, are going to be posted in the main feed, so you can get them off of iTunes. Um, it's very well produced. Um, there's also a YouTube video of it on the YouTube channel, um, which is uh, uh, youtube.com slash robolizard222. He did a really good job at editing uh, a lot of visuals into the video when it comes to clips that they were talking about, the shows they are. Well, what did survive in the episode um, for the first episode is their discussion about uh, their hopes and their concerns about uh, Build Fighters Try and G-Reco. So um, they talk about that, and it's hosted by uh, Matthew Kyle and uh, hosted by, uh, sorry, hosted by Matthew Kyle and RoboLizard222, Russell. So uh, I hope you guys check that out and hope you guys enjoy it. And um, um, I, I, I think it was very well done. And that's pretty much it for me. All right. Well, <laughs> sounds good. And I will neither confirm nor deny <laughs> the Human Resistance League's uh, involvement of anything dealing with uh, Mech Talks. So, but uh, okay, Solbro. So I guess we'll be going to our first uh, segment, first and only segment with this uh, with this mysterious person that will join us. So mm-hmm. you're listening to Gundam at MHQ. We have a problem. We need to set up a perimeter. Who is this? Isn't this the coach of the baseball team? No, you have the wrong number. This is Shirley Douglas's residence. Really? Yes, I should know. She's my mother. Your mother? You still live with your mother? How old are you? I'm hanging up now. Kiefer, who was that? Gun- Damn it, Mom! I told you to knock before you come in! In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning, In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning.
Uh, let's go again. The Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast presents Just Another Day in the Church of Mitsugi. Dearest child, <laughs> confide in me. Confide in me your sins. I don't know. Is this a sin? I was just going to say boobs don't accidentally fall out, but I have had my boob accidentally fall out of my bra before. Not out of my shirt, but out of my bra. So, I mean, I guess it kind of does happen. I mean, boobs are jiggly. Oh, woeist. Moe influence child. Ye, My boobs are ye hath contributed to the Moe movement. <laughs> Let these sins be known and may God have mercy on your soul. For more Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, visit www.aaapodcast.com or iTunes. Killing me won't bring back your Gun. damn honey! Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! All right, everyone, welcome back. And uh, this is going to be our uh, review and thoughts of uh, Volume 7 of Gundam The Origin. And uh, we're, we just got joined by our special mystery guest. And uh, mystery guest, do you, do, you, do you know anything about Gundam or, or any of this stuff? I don't even know who you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? I, I don't even know that either. Yes, everyone. Our mystery guest is Chris. He's he's come back for this segment to uh, talk about some Gundam: The Origin Volume Seven. So uh, before, I mean, wh- why wait, Chris? Uh, some thoughts and a quick recap, if you if you if you would like. Stuff happens. Uh, lots of people die. <laughs> Stuff blows up. That is a recap. There was a beginning, <laughs> and middle, and end. Yes, things happened, and then they stopped happening. So much detail. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, it's good joining you guys. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? Right, overall rating. <laughs> of things happened, blew up, and things happened again. Mm-hmm. A starred rating out of five stars. That's off the charts, man. <laughs> it is indeed. Oh man. So how are you guys? <laughs> We're living. <laughs> All right, that's it. We'll catch you later. That's it for Gundam and MHQ. We pack it up. <laughs> And you've listened to our review of Volume 7 of Gun of the Origin. <laughs> Go out and buy it. So, all joking aside, uh, we start off with more backstory. We're at the very beginning of the one-year war, and Garen's come up with him, you know, nice little plan to end the war very quickly. Let's take a colony, and we'll smash it onto Jabro and completely destroy the Federation leadership which, as we know, is uh, Operation British. Mm-hmm. And just as it plays out in the anime, it doesn't go well, and it ends up smashing Australia. So, goodbye, Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Not that Bernie Wiseman got the memo about that. No, not that's, at all. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, after this, the war obviously does not end, so the next battle moves to side five, Loom, mm-hmm. 
and we have Char being given his uh, his nice red Zaku and a rivalry starting with the Black Tristars because you know they think he's just some young punk and they got more kills than he did on the moon, so he challenges them to do better than he does. Yeah, they've been they've been straight grinding. They're the they're they're enlisted men that uh that don't uh don't take kindly to uh these spoons. Some young punk being an ad- uh, an officer. Yeah, these 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 pretty face young men trying to come up there and take their shine. <laughs> Pretty much. So we get the Battle of Loom, which obviously has not been depicted in animation to any large extent outside of Igloo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we see that uh, the Federation gets completely jobbed. We see Char doing his uh, infamous boosting off of ships to destroy five battleships. Mm-hmm. We see the Black Tristars getting a lot of kills and also the capture of Revel. We see um, Ryu actually yeah. as a... Uh, as a pilot, and he almost gets smoked, but manages to survive. Oh, man. What a foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his, his, companion, his companion didn't hold up too well, though. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Man. As a result of this battle, the Federation's not in a good position. Um, Degwin sees what, uh, what a bastard Garen is, mm-hmm. since, you know... He confronts him and says, we've already killed billions of people, and, and you still say that we need to kill more? What's, what's the point of all this? This isn't what we set out to do. And Giran, of course, you know, being the fashion that he is, has a perfect justification for needing to get rid of all of these useless people, oh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and you know, letting his father be uh, out in danger on his flagship, which, mm-hmm. uh, of course, comes into play much later on in the anime. That's right. And Degwin entrusting... Cassilia to make sure that Garen doesn't get any worse than he does, but obviously she doesn't do a very good job of that. <laughs> yeah, she really didn't listen to Dad on that one. No, Ooh. she didn't until the very end. We also see uh, Garma just being the petulant, useless child that he is because <laughs> he just wants to get in the battle, not for the sake of the Zeon cause, but just because he wants to show up Char and prove that he's the better man. Yeah. Which, of course, he isn't and never will be. <laughs> he was like a child there, man. My God. Yeah. So we also see some of the other follow-through from the backstory about the Antarctic Treaty, Revel escaping and giving his famous Zeon is exhausted speech, which stops the Federation from surrendering completely. Mm-hmm. And then we switch to some character drama because Sela has been working as a nurse in a hospital and hears that her father is sick. So she goes back to Texas Colony and finds that Don Tiabolo isn't doing so well. Mm-hmm. But uh, nobody's doing very well because a lot of anti-Zeon sentiment has been stirred up in the colony and a whole sort of riot slash pogrom starts. And during the confusion of the fighting, Don Tiabolo sadly passes away from his sickness. Good for him. Oh, uh, <laughs> he, he went out easy. <laughs> yeah. Com- com- compared to compared to the citizens of Hat. <laughs> Yeah. And then the Aznobles, they go on a shuttle because they want to visit uh, their son, who mysteriously stopped writing to them the moment he got to the Academy. <laughs> I wonder wink, why. Wink. <laughs> Unfortunately, their shuttle gets blown up by a red Zaku, which Ooh. just completes the circle of misery of them being unfortunate to cross the path of uh, Kasval Daikun. Good lord. <laughs> well, at least they get to see their son again. <laughs> at least at least Char was thorough. <laughs> 
so after um, getting in contact with uh, Zeon Spy, who tells her that her brother's still alive, Sayla, you know, is on this quest now to go look for Shar, mm-hmm. and she heads to Side Seven. We see the um, origin of Shar's crew, and we see him meeting Dren and sizing him up as a uh, capable soldier who's not uh, a useless sycophant. <laughs> And entrusts him with the uh, captaining duties of his ship. Mm-hmm. We also see a little bit more about Amaro and Fraubo and more of his loneliness and isolation and her attempts to you know, be nice to him and get him to come out of his shell. Mm-hmm. And at the end, in the epilogue, we see some of the tension on Char's ship leading up to the launch of the Zaku teams on side seven. Oh yeah, man. What's his name? Uh, Gene? Yeah, not- Gene's such a dick. Such an that with a knife. I'm so glad he was the, he was the first to go, right? You don't bring a knife yeah. to mobile suit fight. You sure don't. Yeah, you don't do that. <laughs> Freaking nuts. So Sobro, what were your thoughts on volume seven? I thought it was a real intriguing read, man. I've been waiting for the backstory and the battle of loom for quite some time. So to finally see that happen. Also before that, the, uh, the whole sad story of, uh, side two and just to see the, uh, the, those two the, young people, those two young people, uh, was it Yuki and I forget the name of the girl, but that conversation that they had about the future and going to Japan and, you know, it's just, you just know the tragedy that's, that's waiting for them and right seeing on. the, the slow reaction of everyone dying from the casting and you know him just trying to reach her at the shelter and then just falling and dying putting out i mean i I guess the gas is somewhat humane because it just puts you to sleep before you know you just end up dying from it but just to see that unfold was was still terrible and 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 all the while they're they're closing off the view of the outside because they're retrofitting the colony so that way they can manipulate its trajectory onto earth and you just just feel the ominous ominousness from the the whole situation it's it's a good chapter in the book and it's real early on in the book to kind of set the tone for everything that's going on and i thought that was pretty awesome one of the other scenes in the book that really got me was Sayla and there's a reason why she's on the cover because she does take up a good amount of this book Go not on. that the cover technically is accurate <laughs> at all because she's in the Federation no, no, she is normal not. suit <laughs> yeah Which, it's, it's a little, little bit of foreshadowing <laughs> yeah. yeah but I mean other than that she as a character is very prominent in the book and one of the cool aspects of this book is that you find out how she went on to learn that her brother was A still alive and B the Red Comet and that was thanks to um, Tachi Tachi yes it's had a very huge role in this yeah unlike the, unlike the damn tv show where he just shows up for a glimpse but he tells her it's like look your, your brother is still alive and that you should keep an eye on Shar asnable and when she put all that data together in just an instant she realized her brother was still kicking but then that the real Shar asnable was the one who was ended up dead not her brother so when the asnables call her up to let them know about don tiobolo then it she's hit with the realization that it's their son that's gone not her brother so i thought that was a well depicted scene when she gets back home to take care of the dawn uh, and then that raid happens on the ranch uh, was it the showdown at the asnable ranch yep. <laughs> she t- takes matters into her capable hands she's got that winchester and she goes to work son <laughs> which you know just further backs up the mm-hmm. uh the way that she's a lot like more hard-edged during the attack on side seven way back in volume one when Hell dealing yeah. with those looters exactly yeah like, don't mess with Sayla in, yeah, yeah. in the origin. She's very good at processing stress. 
and then it's a, she it, won't mess you up. It ends up in violence. She will shoot you. She is not. A, she's not afraid to put a bead on you, son. <laughs> and she does. Like she's she's headshotting dudes with a Winchester from I don't know from how far, but she is doing a damn good job. And it's an antiquated gun. It was just sitting on the wall as a, uh, in somebody's trophy room, and she took that sucker and loaded up with them bullets and got to work like it was the like it was 1885. Man, it was it was fantastic. And um, she rallied all the all the staff workers at the ranch, and they uh, successfully defended themselves with really old technology. And uh, I thought that was uh, an outstanding moment uh, for but her then in the, the series. The, the shame of that is, even though she has this moment of triumph defending the ranch, mm-hmm. in the meantime, Don Tiabolo dies calling for her. Yes, yeah. yes. And she had she completely missed that moment. I mean, A, the stress of the raid got to him. He was pretty. He was doing pretty well, because right before the raid happened, she was at his bedside watching him as he slept, and he seemed to be pretty peaceful. And then next thing you know, the raid breaks out. He's freaking out because she's not there, plus all the sounds of what's going on kind of throw him into a stroke and he pretty much passed away and she really regrets that but she had to fight to survive because she has to find her brother and you finally get to see what pretty much launches her on her quest to find Char especially that moment where she sees him standing on the colony looking down dead at her and he's she's looking back up at him that's a really cool scene she realizes she has nothing left here on Texas Colony to stick around for so it's time to go find him and hopefully talk some sense into him now that she knows that he's still out there she really stole the show man I think that's one of my favorite moments from this Besides the Battle of Loom. Also, General Revel. Man, what a character this guy is. The coolest moment with him was when he sat down with Dagwin and they talked about the fact that they have to end this war as soon as possible. And yet he totally played oh, him. Oh, he played him so bad. But I think yeah, I, I think it stuck with him at the back of his mind because we all know how both characters end up later on. Yeah, we know what happens later on at Solomon. Exactly. But he's got a lead. He can't look weak because he just got captured. Um, and he's a little salty about that. When he gets on the mic, he tells him, it's like, look, my pride took a severe hit because of this shit so i plan on doubling my efforts to get this straightened out and he has to rally the troops because right now the federation was in a, 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 a position of submission they're getting ready to sign that Antarctic treaty and they were getting ready to you know just stand by and have an armistice with the gun being pointed right at him from zeon so he needed to step it up and uh and get everybody to realize that their side is limited if we just continue to work them until they run out of resources then we could we could win this so speaking of the Antarctic treaty mm-hmm. and mccuve's involvement as uh as some Someone who's supposed to sabotage it. Oh, yeah. How about that scene of him, like, investigating all the stuff in the museum and declaring that it's all crap and fakes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was hilarious. All tourist, or, or, all tourist tra- trap artifacts is what they were. <laughs> yeah. Freaking terrible. Um, but, I mean, it, that's what you Which expect. Which, I think he, he missed his calling on Universal Century Roadshow. Yeah, I was going to say, he should oh, yeah. have been the host of Antiques Roadshow. If it was if it was more peaceful times, he would have definitely been a dope-ass host. <laughs> this is worth nothing, because it's a fake. It's, this that- is garbage. <laughs> oh, this face is from the Ming Dynasty. It's very rare. <laughs> the, guys, the, the curator should have been ashamed of himself. <laughs> I think he was. He was so embarrassed. So much egg on that man's face. But <laughs> but that was a great commentary on the fact that although the Universal Century sounds like a pretty nice name, it's still a young era in regards to its history, which is not very long. So how could they possibly have any artifacts from Earth when they, you know, were thrust into space and didn't have time to bring any of that shit with them? So um, he, he's I guess he's just a big fan of uh, the long history on Earth and uh, the fact that he was probably the best man to go to Earth and do the job. And it was neat to see that uh, unfold. But I won't I won't rattle off everything that uh, happened in this because I'm sure you guys have other things you want to talk about. But I will.
will say that art-wise with this volume, one of my favorite things in this was a lot of the panel work when it showed events unfolding, like the, the scenes that didn't have any characters in it, the scenes that showed the colony crash on Earth was really well depicted. I was wondering how uh, Yaz was going to depict that and uh, just to see the ruin of Sydney afterwards was just really ghostly, man. It was just it was a little bit spooky to see all the shit that happened, the, uh, the tidal waves that happened as a result of, of the colony breaking apart and hitting the body of water in the South Pacific, I think. It just wreaked havoc with the Earth's atmosphere and to get the details on that was uh, pretty amazing. Other than that, I'll turn it back to you, Chris, and uh, you guys can go ahead and talk about it. All right, Neil, your thoughts? Well, just to piggyback off the thing of Makube, it's it's very interesting to see why he's being brought into the Antarctica Treaty, mm-hmm. you know, because he knows so much about the Earth and stuff like that. You know, it, it flushes him out a little bit more than just like some antique-loving dandy that he was in uh, the anime. <laughs> By the same mean, token, it doesn't it doesn't take much to be oh, a Xeon expert on Earth when yeah. average soldiers have no idea what the hell lightning is. They're like, oh my god, it's a Federation Oh, of I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if that's what you're being compared against, you know, you could just look up Space Wikipedia and become an Earth expert. Yeah, there is a lot there. But it was also interesting to see Ron Baral during this whole time mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, Clamp and all, the, all those guys ending up being called up from the reserves and going off to war. And he's just like, you know, F this. <laughs> You know, these, these, the zombies are nuts. You guys are idiots for even getting involved with any of this stuff, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting because later on <laughs> he gets involved in it. So <laughs> I'll tell you this much everybody that's a Xeon apologist and is a Xeon lover, you need to read this book because um, <laughs> yeah. these people are war criminals. Mm. And it wasn't just the leadership, the fact that the rank and file soldiers, they knew what they were doing when it came to Operation British. Oh, yeah. They were they were sealing those people in and they were making modifications to that and they were dumping gas to kill off the population. And like Solbro said, I mean, I think what makes that, you know, at first it's a little weird because you're like, why are they bringing up these two characters? We've never seen them before. And then as you're going, you're like, and then and then you just know because you think back, you're like, oh, man. How's this going to go? <laughs> and, and it just reinforces the fact that for whatever the Xeon were saying, the reasons for starting this war was, the ways and the means that they did this vastly spun out of control. Oh, yeah. And these people were killing the people that they were so-called protecting. Mm-hmm. The space noise, the people in the colonies. And they looked at them as just impediments or their only use is, well, we can just kill you off and dump your colony on top of Jabra and stuff like this. So, yeah, I, that was the thing to me. It's like, I know all these people have this romantic thing with the Xeon and all this other stuff. But, man, their leadership and a lot of the people that were involved in all of this, mm-hmm. because you also have that pretty good shot where you're seeing kind of a joint meeting of all the generals and stuff. And you see old boy from South America, Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, a real military person is going to start kind of questioning doing what they're doing to civilians, especially Mm -hmm. the ones they're claiming that they're protecting. It was interesting to see not only was the mobile suit integral in the the victory at the Battle of Loom, but man, they baited the shit out of the Federation fleet. It was the mobile suit, but it was also kind of the bait and switch they did with the fleet movements and all that. Mm -hmm. So... Little, you know, uh, little Galactic Heroes ish. Yeah. Very Galactic Heroes ish. And I thought that that was a good thing to say because in the end, it's like, okay, 
you know, the mobile suit, yeah, you don't really have anything to deal with it. And it is something that just comes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But even at that point, Xeon's still pretty limited in the amount of mobile suits that they have. Is it really that big of a part for the size of the Federation fleets? They were humongous fleets. The fact that they used, you know, such a coordinated attack between destroying all the bays and the colonies and then doing the bait and switch with the fleet, with their fleet, and then the introduction of the mobile suit. And then, of course, like you said, the capture of Rebel. You always kind of wondered how he got captured. I always thought he got captured on his ship. Yeah. I thought they got on there, and but I like the fact that they, they got captured in a lifeboat. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense. A lifeboat that had admirability. Yeah, a lifeboat that had advertised on the side of it that it was yeah. <laughs> practically it was a... Uh, it was yeah. a rebel's own private lifeboat. So it was like, wow, way to stick out like a sore thumb, guys. Of course, the exchange between him and Degwin further kind of solidifies the whole thing that we see later on in the anime, you know, where they want to sit down and talk. Of course, it still made sense in the anime without seeing it in this uh, manga, but it, it fleshes it out a little bit more, showing that, wow, you know, you can see why they really wanted to get together later on. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that we see that from the beginning... I, I, through this book, I've, I've gained a new respect of Dagwin Zabi because in the end, he was powerless. You know, he, he was just kind of a puppet leader. But it was nice to see that from the beginning, this guy was not down with the way that this was going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he could, it's one of those things you say, oh, well, he could have done more, but what could he have done at that point? His son, Garen, had instituted so many people within there that. How do you even do any stuff? Hell, even even Dolzel early in the book, he saw that he you know had a, a attack of conscience when yeah. he got home to his uh, to see his daughter, and um, he realized that he just killed off probably you know tens of millions of babies. Yeah, and it's like wow, that's 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 something to sink in. It's like it didn't hit him until then, but you know even he felt pretty greasy about that. And it further reinforced the silly dandy that freaking Garma is, and how he's <laughs> how he's how he's always been a pretender, and Whoa. he's not worth anything, and y- you. You know what, Bob? You just you you got those. Uh, you got your rank just because your daddy's the leader of the thing. Is <laughs> pretty much no skills. <laughs> it's like I'm the leader of a uh, you know legion. Yeah. Blah blah blah. I'm so special. It's like no, you're just some little punk kid who I, got this position handed to him because your last name is Zabi. Even I was I was doing the mop up operations <laughs> and Shars. You just see Shars. It's just like yeah, whatever. Even like, yeah, mop up operations, just killing lots of of innocent people. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. Even when he's uh, sitting there begging his dad for uh, not any kind of special treatment, he's in there crying like a baby. <laughs> it's, so, it's so bad. It's like I liked his depiction in the anime quite a bit, but this seeing what he, what he truly is, it kind of brings me down a peg for me. So uh, yeah, uh, Garma, what 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 are you doing, bro? But that's what I got right now. So this is uh, Chris, back to you with some of your thoughts. You know, one of the things that definitely jumped out at me was that my opinion of Dozel went down dramatically this volume. Ooh. The way in the opening, you know, that he tries to uh, justify just this rank genocide to Ramba. It's yeah. like, oh, you know, we, we can't let them live because they don't agree with us. And, you know, better to just kill them now than have to kill them later. And, you know, we declared war, so it's not murder. Like, okay, buddy, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I had thought up to this point that at the core of it all, that Dozo was basically a decent guy who just had the misfortune of being born into the Zabi family. But yeah. the way he tried 
tries to justify that genocide shows yeah. that he is completely as bad as the rest of them. He's, yeah. he's always been a puppet of his brothers, though. I mean, even from the beginning of the story, when you see him with, uh, yeah, with his other brother, I, he always follows them with his nose open, man. And uh, yeah. he, he never stands he, up to him or nothing. He buys into Operation British completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then later... When he goes to visit Zena and Mineva, he feels all of this remorse that, oh, I killed you know millions of Minevas. I'm like, okay, so maybe he's redeeming himself. Oh, yeah. But then he turns it around again mm-hmm. and says, well, these people who died, it's all their fault for not being strong enough to protect themselves. So <laughs> yeah. it's okay. Yeah, it's freaking horrible. It's like, well, okay, Dozo, you sort of redeem yourself there for a second, but then you had to just go down this route of justification again. Mm-hmm. So I like that Rhombus stood up for his principles and you know i like seeing more of his connections to his men and having you know the appearances by clamp and kozun yeah and showing you know the history that they have and that you know we've seen throughout this backstory arc that ramba is not afraid to stand up for his principles despite the personal cost absolutely the thing is is you know i kind of forgot the you know until you brought it up the exchange with dozel you know whatever respect i had for ramba raw as a character before went up like a hundredfold on Hell that yeah. because it did. he got he got it mm-hmm. i mean and and you know dozel tries to act like he's the classic you know i'm just a simple soldier guy mm-hmm. no, that's ramba raw and that's you know ramba raw understands that you have to sacrifice and do things things on the battlefield but that's what soldiers do not innocence and that's exactly. what the point he was trying to get so yeah, when they steamrolled all the other colonies it's like yo this, i've had enough of this and it's like and now you plan on doing what i have to go i i can't be doing this and when those guys try to step to him <laughs> yeah he's like yo told rah, just rah. gtfo <laughs> you want you want to fight me let's do gunpla battle let's go exactly we'll go fight in field two dessert <laughs> dessert <laughs> I'll show you my skills. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my opinion of Dozel definitely went down at the same time my opinion of Ramba went up mm-hmm. based on, on that. Uh, I thought those few pages we spent with those teenagers on Island Ifish was a great way just to sell the smaller scale human casualty Mm-hmm. of Operation British because what's um, what's that old quote, you know, that one death is a tragedy and however many, like a million is a statistic? Yeah. yeah. So that's true, even in, in a fictional context. So when you hear like, oh, zillions of people in a colony got gassed, well... That's just a number that means nothing. But when you see these two people, these young teenagers who are in love, they share a kiss, they talk about their future, and then they both get smoked, that adds some human weight to that statistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably it was probably the most powerful thing to me in the in the whole volume. Yeah, when I think about the colony drops, now I have a face to put to it, which we never did before. Because in another context, those two kids could have been Amaro and Frau Ooh, or mm-hmm. anybody else on the white base. Oh yeah, any number know, of protagonists. Things had just been slightly different. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I think that was pretty effective. I appreciated seeing all of the politicking aside from all of the the battling and the aforementioned. Macuve uh, <laughs> antiques appraisals. <laughs> he missed his call, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, he really did. And it was also good seeing how Char establishes his legend by showing that he's got skills, and also that he, you know, can pick effective men for his crew, and that he gains their respect. Although apparently not so good at uh, including Gene. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, you can't, can't, can't be 100% on all. Yeah, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. Yeah. No one's perfect. So I, I did like his whole thing with Dren, though. You really kind of get why Char had Dren around for so long. Because if you look at him, Dren, there's nothing spectacular about him. And he just seems like a simple guy. Mm-hmm. But he's very capable. And he's probably one of the most capable Xeon there is, if you really look at it. So after three volumes, three very long volumes, we finally reached the end. So I'm glad that we've caught up again yeah. to the present. So uh, next time we'll be heading off to Odessa, which obviously is another rejuggling of events since in the anime that happens long before mm-hmm. getting to Jabro. Yeah. So any closing thoughts before we do our ratings? This is my nitpick, and I was mentioning this to the fellows earlier. I've been wanting in this series to see kind of like cameos from future characters that are probably more relevant in uh, other Gundam series, like uh, Zeta or Double Zeta. And I've come to realize that's probably not going to happen in this book, <laughs> this this book series, mainly because uh, Yas has taken the focus to just Mobile Suit Gundam. Other than that, I had a really great time reading this book, and I look forward to Volume Eight when it drops. Any final thoughts, Neil? It's definitely a great way to see all these things that we always had heard about Mm -hmm. especially battle alone and you know rebel getting caught and all these different things and granted like we've stated before got them the origins an alternate take so you know of course it's not really the canon but it it is kind of interesting now to kind of see how it would have happened even if tamino was ever able to do this or something like this you, you kind of some in some ways it probably would have kind of worked the same way you know uh, of course maybe things would be a little bit out of sequence or stuff like that but mm-hmm. it was actually fun to, to kind of see this because it, it really puts kind of a, a a new light on these things when you and it actually makes me now wanting to go back and watch uh mobile suit gundam as it should yeah absolutely so in closing i think between the large-scale drama of the early movements of the war, the politicking, and the smaller character moments, that this is probably the best volume so far. Yeah, I would say. So let's close things out with our ratings. Sobro, what do you give this? I have to give this volume uh, four canisters of uh, G2 gas out of five. Okay. Neil? I'd have to give this four and a half whining garmas out of five. <laughs> Let me in, coach. Let me in. That's all, that's all it seemed like he was, just whining to Dad. Let me in, Dad. I, I want to be in. Come on. You're the coach. You can get me in there. <laughs> I, I, at least this volume is his last hurrah. I mean, you probably won't see him anymore after this. I'm, I'm sure you're happy about that. <laughs> I, it's like I said, I don't hate him, mm-hmm. but this whole thing just kind of reinforced the little dandy that he... And and you can see why Char never had any respect for this Oh, guy. oh damn. Because he's got no skills and... You know, everything is because he's just, you know, he's he's, well, he's extremely skilled at being whiny and petulant. Oh, yeah. Well, that he is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the guy, the guy's the poster boy for the silver spoon. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. So I'm going to give this one five inadequate artifacts out of five. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you pick one up at your local uh, tourist, tourist, trap. tourist trap. Yeah. That's right. store. Just go to south of the border. It's <laughs> hilarious. We'll be checking in with Origin again at the next volume of ships the very end of the year. So maybe in early 2015 is when we'll be checking in. Yeah, probably. The next volume after the holidays. So we're going to take a quick break and be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ.
teammates. It was an honor to be on the court with you. You guys are the best. Even you, Fakaitis. Damn dumb son of a bitch. You don't understand a word I'm saying, do you? Are you a fan of Gundam, Robotech, or Transformers? Well, you should check out Gundam at MEHQ. A wonderful source to learn about the Autobots. Yes, and once I learn about them, I will be the leader of the Decepticons. What was that, Starscream? Nothing, Lord Megatron. Nothing at all. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, The Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash gundammahq and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. I know when you got something brewing. I know it. What I got brewing? You what I got brewing, Ray? You tell me. You done lost your dumb damn mind. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. You're listening to episode 152, where we were joined by a mysterious guy as we sat down to review volume 7 of Gundam The Origin. Um, a great read. If you want to pick it up, make sure to run on over to Amazon and get that volume whenever you get the chance. The whole series has been in- incredible, man. Um, I'm almost sad because we're well past the halfway point, and uh, we now only have a few volumes left to look forward to. But it's 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 good. It's been a great read, and uh, I can't wait to see the next volume when it comes out. But before we close out this episode, you know we got to open up the mailbag and start reading some messages from our listeners. And if you want to submit any questions to the Gundam mailbag, head on over to mechatalk.net and find the Gundam at MHQ section and you can submit your questions to the thread for the Gundam mailbag. 
Also, if you want to leave a voicemail, you can just call the MAHQ Google Voice Line at 305-792-8324. And leave a question or message that's no longer than four minutes. Make sure at the very beginning that you leave that you leave your name and specify that your message is for Gundam at MAHQ also. We're looking forward to hearing from the Gundam Nation and, and answering your voicemails as well. And speaking of which, we do have a voicemail, and it's from Philly Gundam fan. First off, I want to say congratulations for your seventh year anniversary. You guys have been really great throughout the years. It's been really awesome to have you around so long. I hope we get you for another seven years at least. That'd be pretty great. But my question is, I don't know, I, I guess some of you guys probably have seen uh, the show True Detective. I just recently finished it. It was really good. And I got to thinking, what would be the best anime character or Gundam character uh, True Detective pairing? I'd like to see Mula Flaga and Rally Crusade in their own version of True Detective. Just have Rally Crusade just really irritate Mu and just say all these crazy out there things. I don't know. I thought that'd be really funny. So, uh... Thanks for another seven years. Well, man, that was a really interesting question. And luckily for you, Neo and I have both seen True Detective. <laughs> yes, so we have. We definitely, we definitely get the concept of what you're asking about. And uh, Neo, any idea of what two characters you would pair in the Gundam universe? Well, of course, of the Gundam universe, uh, Philly Gundam fan had a great pairing. But why wouldn't you do the original, Char and Armoro? Oh, I mean, no. I mean, come on. Yo, son. Seriously? They never solve any really? cases. They'd be too busy fighting. <laughs> well, I think they would. Hard drinking? But, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I was thinking uh, probably outside of that, maybe mm-hmm. Setsna and Lock-On. Oh, man, not with bad. A, with a, in a true detective thing. Yes, they worked in a they worked on a team together, mm-hmm. but in a thing where you got to have, you have to go out and talk to people and do like actual work instead of just uh, beam, uh, you know, beam sword spamming and everything like Cessna like to do or go into, uh, you know, uh, Trans Am mode where you'd actually <laughs> have to do something. Because, you know, you have lock on, rock on, whichever one it is, they're, they're sitting there and they're more personal. That would be a good, that would be a good one too. Man. So. Yeah, well, I can't compare to those, man. I was, I was, I was, I went off reservation with my first one. Um, I'd like to see um, if if they had to be to try to emulate Rust and Marty. Um, I'd go for the Marty as a uh, bright, bright Noah, mm-hmm. and for my Rust, I'd go, I'd go ham, man. I get uh, some Sumeragi uh, Lee Noriega, man. The hard drinking, hard living. <laughs> Well, I, I, I have a I have another one for you. What's that? What's and, that? And this would be this would be a complete female one. Mm-hmm. Sailor and Mirai. Oh no way! Well, Sailor would be the hardest one. They, they get along together. They get along with each other, but they're <laughs> very vastly different. Oh yeah. And I and I think that that's where you got the whole thing between the true detective characters is they're they get along but then they're so vastly different they can understand they can get to the final they they understand the final outcome that they need to get to but there's just they're just oil and water and that's why i'm saying even with char and armoro would be the same way they understand that you have to get to the end point but getting there it's just there's going to be there's going to be stuff going on absolutely if i went with if if i went with the wing boys i'd probably pick uh duo and wufei oh god (laughs) Oh my god, Wufei is so hard nosed, and then Duo is like the guy who is just so laid back. It'd be like oil and water, dude. Well, get, and, then, and then of course you'd always have to have the other one would be freaking Hero and uh, what's his face? Um, uh, uh, Quatra. Quatra. Oh yeah. no, Quatra. Whatever the hell his name Katra. is. You'd be like, come on, Hero. You don't have to do. You don't have to beat him up. We don't have to do bad cop, good cop. <laughs> Shut up. 
mission accepted. <laughs> be, be, be. Poor. Why, why, how many times must I kill that girl and her dog? Oh, oh my God. We're leaving out old Troa. <laughs> That's no, right. Should have stayed dead in that show. No country for Choa Barton. <laughs> no country for Choa. <laughs> oh no! But yeah, man, that was a fucking. That, it's, it's, whoops, uh, that was an awesome question. <laughs> any awesome voicemail question. Uh, awesome voicemail question. Thank you very much, Philly Gundam fan. Um, Neil, any other pairings before we move on to the to our first question? Oh, there's there's the, countless, but oh my! I, I say people just just do them on the forum. Film a Mecha Talk forum. Absolutely. That's a good one. Well, that takes us to the Mecha Talk thread for the mailbag. And our first submission today is from Yokozuna Bulldozer. And he writes, hello. His first of two questions are, which fairy tale would be the great basis for a Mecha show? And he cites an example. He says, think of something along the lines of the town musicians of Bremen being a super robot show where the rooster, cat, dog, and uh, and monkey, uh, sorry, and donkey uh, form into a Dan Cougar ripoff. Really? Oh okay. no, man! Uh, <laughs> I mean, what what would be a good fairy tale? I I, I always like the story of uh, Snow White and Rose Red, um, mm-hmm. the two sisters that have to. Uh, I forget really the um, the main thrust of the story, but uh, the, the color wise, I think that would be a, a cool way to like establish them as rivals. Yeah, you know, they were sisters, but then they kind of get set into uh, separate paths, and um, their story arcs take them in different directions. But they meet up in the middle. That'd be kind of cool. Any fairy tales that come to your mind? Any fairy tales? That, I'm trying that, to think. Yeah, because it's been a while since I've even thought about fairy Looked tales. It. Really, um, Hansel and Gretel, maybe. You know, they're they're. No, you know what I want? Mm-hmm. Uh, screw fairy tales. I'm 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 making an executive decision here. Mm-hmm. I want Shakespeare. Oh, I want to cool. do Romeo and Juliet, the Mon- the Montagues and Capulets. You you calling an audible? Is that what you're doing? I'm calling an audible. <laughs> yes. And, and and it would be perfect for the Earth first space there of any go. type of Gundam show. There you go. Because I can't a- remember any fairy tales, and there's there's so many different like versions of fairy tales. Oh yeah, all sorts. It's it's very. Um, it's very national, I think, because mm-hmm. you'll have like similar fairy tales, but in like America, they're one way; in Europe, they're another way; in Asia, they're those, those stories are all kind of the same, you know. Yeah, so. a lot of them run with 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 similar themes. Um, maybe the other one I'm thinking I, I would think of is maybe the Little Mermaid somehow, except the mermaid oh. is not a a mermaid, but a woman who lives in space and she wants to go to Earth. And, oh, why um, can't she be? Why can't she be Ariel down in the sea? Oh my goodness, we got mechas. On, we got mechas on the water, man. Like a uh, like hey, Mars we had, Daybreak. We had, we had crab mechas in Wing. You know what? Think big. Sebastian, <laughs> Sebastian could be a mecha. There you go. He could be with Alex and Mueller. Mueller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you killed Mueller. Oh, oh no, we, we just got ourselves. We, we're, we're about to get ourselves a pilot. Sex, sex, <laughs> sex just comes in. Fools. <laughs> yes, we all know what I'm talking about. The classics of Gundam Wing. Ooh. I actually, on a side note, Soul Bro, I'm actually feeling of possibly doing. 
I don't know if I'm going to do the project you see again, where I'll watch every Gundam mm-hmm. since it's now that there's in there's new entrance into the into watching chronologically during yeah. the Universal Century. Mm-hmm. But I'm also thinking of just running through. Probably at the beginning of next year, I might just watch every damn Gundam show again. Oh wow! You're going to do Project AU? You should do Project AU, man. I'll uh, just do Project Gundam. Oh my goodness! <laughs> maybe maybe just do them as they're chronologically order when they actually came out. Oh, production order? Yeah, production uh, order. Yeah. Might as well, he give you more of a, a, a Cause, look cause at I've the. Been, I'm, I'm itching. I'm itching to. I want to see some MSG again, mm-hmm. and I'm definitely itching. I want to see some wing <laughs> again. I don't know why, but I do. Like I've been thinking about wing lately. I've been talking to somebody about it, and it's like, yeah. You still got the so. DVDs, right? Oh hell yeah! Oh shit! Yeah. Well, man, you already yeah, ready to I got go. that. I got that old ass box. Oh, I know that was the the, the, the ten volumes. Yeah, you know, I, I got reminded the other day that you actually one of the few people that own the the Zeta special box set, the one that came with the oh, yeah. uh, the thing. Because I saw it in someone's eBay just the other day, and it's like, man, I wanted that shit when it came out. And then I got reminded, it's like, I remember you had that, you yeah. have that, and at mine's one time, not, it, mine's not eBay uh, worthy because and oh. um, <laughs> one of my in, when I moved out here when. I had that shipped, mm-hmm. and something happened in the box. Ooh. But it's at this point that I was—that's something I wasn't even going to sell anyway. Yeah. So I'm just glad out of it. So I'm glad. I'm glad you still have it, man. It's pretty cool. It was. A, it's, it's a nice. It's a box little beat up, though. Oh man. Well, um, so. our second question from Yokozuna Bulldozer. Uh, he writes, and the, I can answer this question um, very shortly. But he writes, uh, "Would you agree that the Japanese live-action Spider-Man secretly killed Craven the Hunter and took the Leopardon robot as a souvenir?" And I will say, "Whatever you say, bro." I've never yes. seen. I've never seen that show, so I couldn't tell you one way or the other. Although, and a side note, I am watching a different kind of Japanese Spider-Man as of recently. I've been watching a little bit of uh, Marvel Discourse. Um, not that bad of a show, and I'm hoping that in that series, the Mecha Spider, the Mecha the Spider-Man pilot will make a cameo in some way shape or form as i'm watching it maybe there'll be some kind of homage or send up to that um original show since uh the original spider-man tv show from the 70s in japan kicked off the whole power rangers phenomenon in japan it's solely responsible for uh super sentai so um spider-man man uh, making making waves <laughs> i think this year is 20 years of power rangers in the u.s mm-hmm. And it's even had a life before that. And um, no, I know, but yeah. I'm saying in the U.S., the the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I believe this year is their 20th year. Yeah, and th- it, it, it's the 20th anniversary. I'm shocked that it's been that long. But uh, yeah, shout outs to Power Ranger fans, man. You guys are getting the movie soon. I hope it's good. <laughs> I really hope it's good for you guys. I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out too. One, one, one I like well. Power Rangers. Well, many thanks to Yokozuna Bulldozer for those questions. And next up is our um, one of our longtime listeners, Rijins. And he writes, hello again, Gundam Meisters. Rijins here with a couple of more questions for you enterprising intrepid defiant trio. Well, it's a duo right now, but uh, <laughs> yes. I, I appreciate the, uh, the, the, uh, the intention. And uh, his question is, and it's for Neo, actually. He says, mm. what is the origin of your choice of the name Neo Lorinog as your internet call sign slash handle? Does it have anything to do with a certain Gundam Seed Destiny character of the same name? Thanks again, as usual, guys, and keep up the good work. And he says, P.S. Loved your episode reviews of Build Fighters. Well, thank you very much, sir. And Neo, I turn over the mic to you. And it's a quick answer for this. Yes. <laughs> and it's just stuck. I, I, I don't know why. I used to change stuff. Yeah. But then it just... It just stuck, so yeah, that's you, it. You were the blonde ace. Um, what was like? What was your your nickname oh, God, history? Like, you used to be like uh, Little Shinta, like back in the day. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, that's my. That, oh my god, that's my. Um, holy shit! Yeah, that's and I used to use that on forums. I know, I know. If you look at one of my oh really my old AMVs uh, from back in the day, uh, if you look at one of my, I forget which credits yeah. it's in, but I think it's the um, the credits it's due uh, AMV. If you yeah. look in the credit of that, you'll see Paul Little Shinta Dupree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that, that was like circa oh three. That was an homage to Little John and Raroni Kenshin's real name. Hell yeah. <laughs> kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of weird, but whatever. Hey man, you've come a long way, man. It's been it's been years ever since, man. But and uh, I, and I, and really now, I think it's just Neo now, and I that's yeah. just stuck. And it's funny because actually now a lot of people just call me that without my first name anymore. Yeah. So I, it's whatever. So I. But yeah, that, that, if if that's what you're, if that's the origin, yes, it is. That is the origin. Well, there you go. You, you now have the de facto story on yes. that, listeners. And uh, shout out to Rajins for the great question. I really appreciate it. We're gonna go on down to uh, another submission from Yokozuna Bulldozer, and he writes again. Hello. Mm. And one of his first questions is uh, if Tom Selleck went to Japan's biggest fan convention. Comic market or comic kit holding a goof toy or model kit. How many people do you think would mistake him as a hyper real Ramba Raw cosplayer? Also, which Hollywood celeb do you think will be mistaken as a hyper real cosplayer of which character if they ever visited? Wow. All right. Well, for that. Yes, I think with Tom Selleck, yes. <laughs> Mr. Baseball? Is that what you're, ta- you're saying? Mr. Baseball would be, uh, would be mistaken as Ramba Raw? <laughs> This is the, the 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 magnificent mustache that he has. Oh my gosh! Uh, since we're on the subject of Rumble Raw cosplayers, um, if this man went to Japan um, with this full mustache and looking the way he does in Parks and Rec, I would have to say Nick Offerman would be the, is the only man I could see right now that could. Oh, fucking, really? that could I don't know who it is, but he, I take your he, credit for he it. He plays yeah. he plays Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec. You probably remember some of the clips I showed you. Mustachio dude, real stern, looks like uh, looks a little bit like um teddy roosevelt yeah and and romba raw on top of that <laughs> um he looks a lot like romba raw really and um i would if they ever made a live action movie of gundam i'd be the first guy to be yeah, casting that, that guy would be, as, as that Rumble would be raw. a good cross cross player mm-hmm. being romba raw as teddy roosevelt mm-hmm. rough riding romba raw rough riding romba <laughs> Or you're Romba Raw, but you're in the the Teddy Roosevelt Rough Rider nice. outfit. He could be riding. Who are you? Are you are you Teddy Roosevelt? No, I'm Romba Raw. <laughs> Rough riding Romba Raw. Cosplaying is <laughs> play with me, Cubans. Play with me, Spanish. He, what is it they? Char- oh, I forget what hill they charged up. God, I'm going into some American history now. You getting deep? Like being back in college. <laughs> You're getting deep into into your history lessons, but uh, yeah, and they're all wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'll find out that Teddy Roosevelt he fought the English. And, you know, uh, <laughs> all I all I know is uh, on Scapa Flow. <laughs> if if, if Rumble Roll got shot giving the speech and uh, and the bullet went into his papers, uh, his his speech papers, he would have he would have reacted the same way as uh, Teddy Roosevelt. He'd have finished that speech. Well, the second part of his question is even better, though. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody you can think of that would be as a hyper-real cosplayer? I could see actually like Lady Gaga oh. or Katy Perry because I don't know if they – just because they're always outrageous. So I don't know what character they would be, but I'm sure – And I mean if – and, and not as themselves, but oh, no. you know, they, they wear crazy clothing. So you know that 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 would be those would be some of the people I could think off the top of my head. I, the Hollywood celeb, I, I don't know who else. Um, Jesse Eisenberg mistaken as Amaro Ray. 
Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just I'm just pulling the shit out of my ah. ass now. But uh, God, I can't think of much else. I mean, Lady Gaga, the way she dresses, she could be straight out of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for all I she's know. Like, she's like a cosplayer. Yeah, she pretty much is. And 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 Katy Perry is like the second, I would say, her junior in that situation. But yeah, they 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 dress up in all sorts of crazy outfits because so they could be any number of anime characters cosplaying. I couldn't even name any. Oh, Matthew McConaughey as uh, Slugger Law. Oh Lord, that would be God. Hey, Mirai. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all, all right. right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the white base. The girls keep getting younger, and I stay. I get older. Keep girls keep getting younger. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to True Detective. <laughs> well, that now that the guy's pushing Mercury's. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I saw those commercials, and he's just like, "I've always driven a Mercury." <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's Lincoln, and oh, it makes it, I knew it was something. It yeah. cracks me up because about five or six years ago, he was in a movie called The Lincoln Lawyer, and he yeah. was right around the Lincoln. I've always liked Lincolns, and I oh, and I always liked black men driving me around to some Lincolns. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why am I driving this Lincoln? <laughs> that guy. I love Mr. Matthew, man. That guy's the best. Um, but thank you. Uh, oh, actually, we have another question from Yokozuna about the skip. My bad. Uh, he says, give us the name of your dream yacht. My my assumption for Neos is Moonlight Butterfly and Soul Bros as SS Emma. Well, you nailed mine, bro. <laughs> I, actually, actually, mine would be Moonlight Butterfly wins the match. <laughs> It'd be the whole thing. <laughs> see, see, that's where you're incorrect. That's the name of a horse. <laughs> No, a uh, uh, horse would be like you'd have to take like five different people's names and just jumble it all together, like uh, Frau Charlala of the Universal Century. Mm-hmm. It'd be something stupid like that. <laughs> you know, it's, Actually, you know what? I like um, uh, what the hell? Uh, uh, Crimson Lightning. That was Johnny Ridden, right? I believe so. Yeah, Crimson. Yeah, Lightning, yeah. Of course. Uh, the Skull Squadron. Oh, dude, that Freaking would be amazing. Freaking Roy man. Fuck Hell yeah. Enough. Yes. I got to say, uh, those are all pretty good. I'm Actually, I wouldn't name any. That's Emma. It sounds like you're on the freaking uh, Gilligan's Island ship. That wasn't a yacht. That was just like a fishing boat. Gilgamesh. <laughs> <Minnow. laughs> SS Emma. I personally don't name anything after characters. No, really. yours would be, yours would be, uh, yours would be the Soshi. The so- oh, I do love me some Soshi, though. Yeah, Man, you know but that's that, a good name for a boat. As a soci, people ask me, yeah. I was like, "What's that name out there?" It's like I just made it up. <laughs> named, after, named after a Russian city that had the Olympics. There you go. <laughs> it's just, it's spelled the same, isn't it, Sochi? I no, it's it's spelled differently, but it it's it's it doesn't matter. It, sometimes the Japanese just invent the way that English words are. There you go. These are <laughs> there you go. We and, and, and there lies the rub. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I name my computers and stuff after ships, actually, which is ironic. Like after ships in uh, anime and, and sci-fi. Your and, computers yeah. after, after ships. I name my computer anytime I. Uh, what I is have your to computer my, currently called? Um, my uh, either ships or organizations. Um, my computer, <laughs> my computer, my laptop is named Nadesco. And my PC so that it I, doesn't work. Oh, you bastard! <laughs> it 
It works fine. Uh, when does it work? A hundred percent. Oh, it has, inter- it has in, uh, operator error. That was the yeah. whole thing within the desk. There you go. They were, un- go. They were untrained. And that's that's right. not far from the truth. And then uh, my PC is named Speedwagon. So uh, after the Speedwagon <laughs> Foundation from JoJo. So, And uh, I've had computers in the past named the, the Black Noah, which is uh, the name of the ship uh, that uh, Rugal uses in King, King of Fighters is, uh, is their ship. And then... Um, what was the other one? Well, my first computer was Macross, so I, I, I if anything, I, okay. I just, I always go with uh, naming my, uh, naming my electrical equipment. If I have to give it a name to be on a network, I name it after a ship. Oh, or yeah, that, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, thank you very much, Yokozuna Bulldozer. You don't, you don't name it Shadow Loom. Shadow Loom, nah, can't do that, right? They are evil, man. Yeah. <laughs> One of these days. One of these days. No, no Ryu. You've never named anything Ryu. No, I've never named. I've, anytime I've named anything, ever since I got my first, it's always been after ships, cities, organizations, places, stuff like that. So mostly named after ships and, organiz- and organizations. But I've, I've gone with the occasional city. Macross could double as a city as well as a ship. So um, I, I go with true. either one. So, But yeah, it's uh, I usually go with that. And uh, now you guys know my dirty secrets. <laughs> Now you know how to get into Soul Bros Network. Oh my God! Did I just, I just, I just opened yeah. up the doorway to to hack a pain. But he's just gonna. I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm looking for Speedwagon. Oh, I oh, found it. Oh, you found me. You found me out, guys. Oh my gosh, Yokozuna Bulldozer. Thank you again for a great set of questions. I appreciate it. And our last submitter today is from the legend, the Day Man. How you doing, sir? Thank you for another great set of questions. His question here it writes. Uh, or reads, uh, imagine if you will, sorry, imagine if you will, a scenario when King Arthur finally comes into power and unleashes his wrath on the world. Chris and Neo are captured. Solbro is spared, of course. You are faced with two choices for your punishment, for doubting his wasted potential. You either go to Moon Moon with cats, Shinta and Kuhn, or Doan's kids, or you have to marathon all the destiny with Chap Man. <laughs> Please note that suicide is not an option. Damn it. <laughs> Well, I will look at this, and I'm going to just dissect what he said here. He just says you have to mar- marathon all of Destiny with Jabman. So I'm taking that to mean once, mm-hmm. and that's only, what, 51 episodes plus a special? And then if we have to do the special editions, what, about another four or five hours of movies? Mm-hmm. So I can do that because if I have to go to Moon Moon with Kat, Shinta, and Coom and Don's kids... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm asking somebody to airlock me. Some murder kids. <laughs> so I'm gonna pick marathon with Jabman. Oh my gosh, I'm sure Jabman is elated to hear that. And actually, the thing is, is I've actually had decent conversations with Jabman outside of um, Destiny. Yeah, like but, sports. Yeah, but like I said, it, um, if it's just from what I'm getting from Dayman is saying here, it only have to be. He doesn't say anything about continuous marathon. Or, you know, perpetuity or anything like that. So I'm saying it's just one. We're just doing it once with Jab Man and that's it. So that's my option. <laughs> and you're and you're and you're so and you're spared, Soul, bro. Yay, I'm spared, man. Um if if anything I will uh I will I will refrain from answering the question. <laughs> well it's because King Arthur since, since it wasn't addressed to me. So <laughs> But King yeah, King Arthur, I believed in his potential, so he's he's made me part of his cabinet. I take this as Saji, not the actual King oh, Arthur. Oh my gosh. Oh yes, yeah, Saji Crossroad, to be clarified. The Crossroach. The <laughs> The Still legend, like the legend of folding chair throwing. Yes, 
But uh, thank you very much for the question, Dayman. It was excellent as usual. And uh, that brings our mailbox to a close for this episode. Um, before we close out, um, Neo, any, uh, any, any, any final thoughts at all? Uh, stay frosty. Stay frosty indeed, guys. And remember to check out the, uh, the Mech Talks podcast, which will be uh, being uploaded to uh, the Gundam and MHQ thread uh, feed. <clears throat> so you guys can check that out, too. Um, the next episode, they're going to be uh, talking about um, Masked Rider and some other related subjects. So I guess it's the anniversary of Masked Rider. So it's coming up in the conversation. So if you like Tokusatsu, definitely tune in to that next episode. It's going to be a long one. Probably put it, post it up in parts so, because it, it, I heard the recording lo- ran long. So uh, <laughs> my, uh, my heart goes out to uh, uh, Russell, a.k.a. Yeah, remember, remember, those, remember those days of oh, long recordings? Oh, my God. It's still too long. <laughs> But yeah, long five-hour recordings, which the session went over five hours. I heard, so um, I hope Russell breaks it into at least a two-parter for you guys to digest. I think I think we did. I think there was one or two that were like close to six, weren't there? I think we had some of those um, Mm -hmm. during the whole that whole blur of Code Geass, Double O, and Macross Frontier. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we had a six hour episode, but I think that was a a, a convention based episode. That um, doesn't count. That doesn't count. But like, yeah, I'm but, talking um, like uh, legitimate episodes, like where yeah. we actually sit down and talk. I think we came close to five hours at one particular <sighs> time, like with all the parts. I think we, it was back on our three segment seg- uh, era of the show where we had three segments. <laughs> yeah, I and, forgot about that. And we were reviewing. Holy shit! What were we thinking? Oh my god, we had we were reviewing. <laughs> It was an episode, definitely, where we were reviewing shows, uh, like airing currently airing shows, and our conversation. Well, last that was that was the bad thing. Uh, well, it wasn't the bad thing. I mean, I guess it was the good thing for we timed the market right when we started Gundam, but we started at a point when there was like three concurrent big time mecha shows going on. Oh yeah, because it was like we started. It was Code Geass, and then it went into Double O, and then Code Geass went off, and then like Macross Frontier started. Oh yeah, and then Macross Frontier was there, and then the second season, that horrible second season, Double O came back, oh. and then <laughs> Geass came back. So yeah, we were being battered. Uh, that's that, <laughs> and we're on the cusp of that happening no, again because no, there's no, two. No, we're not. Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> That, that's been that's been that's been for, oh yeah we, we figured we, the formula we, we yeah. did we did figure the formula out about it yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll reveal that to you guys as uh, yeah, in future episodes I will say that we are well aware that both uh, Bill Fighters Try and G Reco have begun so be on the lookout in future episodes for reviews of uh, G Reco definitely well, I hope we're aware yeah <laughs> we we're, we're, we're definitely getting to them. we're waiting for a couple stupid, episodes stupid shows basis is based in Gun- Gundam and it's like <laughs> they're not talking about Gundam hey what the hell hey. <laughs> Just six months. Did you know that uh, G Reco and, uh, and Bill Fighters are going on? I, oh, really? I never knew. <laughs> I could definitely say this: the first of the two shows we're tackling is G Reco. So be on the lookout very soon for our, our review of the first couple yeah, episodes dude, of that show. For a guy show. that hates spoilers on mm-hmm. everything, you're just giving spoilers to everyone. Hey, it's the show that started first, <laughs> so it's, it's not but that still. much of a spoiler. <laughs> But be on the lookout for that. that. And um, we could have tricked them and did build fighters first. Oh my gosh, uh, that would uh, the, the, maybe that's yeah. my plan all along. Yeah. <laughs> this information, who knows? Gosh. But uh, it's it's. I'm looking forward to watching the show and uh, talking about it here on Gundam. I'm sure Neo is as well. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, before you go, make sure to check out these websites when you have time. Head on over to where the magic happens. Mahq.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show, 
and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube. And YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that is it for episode 152, Gundam at MAHQ. We will see you guys next time. been granted special authorization from Lady Cassilia. She permits you to use this mobile suit that belonged to Captain Garma. Take good care of it. Oh, please don't wait for me, darling. Just stay safe and sound as long as you are there. I will figure it out. At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Cullen. First, before anything else, do the voice. I am overdressed. What this audience would be most interested in, obviously. Let's talk about Optimus. There you go. We were talking earlier, we were doing an interview as to how you got that voice. There's a lot of ways you could have done that, Carrie. You could have done a broad, loud, but your brother had a softer voice, and he recommended you go soft, right? My brother Larry was a Marine, and he said, a hero truck, Peter. Well, Peter, be a real hero. Don't be one of those run-of-the-mill heroes, you know, they're always screaming and yelling and said, be, be gentle, be calm, be, be soft, lead, you know, you know be, be strong enough to be gentle. And Larry, I, I got to the edition, I read the sides, and Larry just jumped off the page, and I just said, you did his voice. Did him. And just the way he would be calm, he could get it done with a look in his eye, and just by saying, you know, 
if I had, you know, taken his uh, baseball glove or something, he could just look and say, Peter, put it back. <laughs> Many people consider uh, Optimus Prime a father figure. Uh, what do you make of what the public thinks of him? In, in rooms like this, I've talked with young men that uh, didn't have a father. They were very grateful that I was there in their, in their childhood. And I developed a, a huge uh, responsibility uh, to, to maintain that. <laughs>